I V M. Welcome to All Things Policy. As supported by Pragati, a flagship media initiative of the Takshashila Institution. We're a bunch of policy nerds based in Bengaluru, and we like to bring a fresh perspective to Indian affairs and an Indian perspective to global affairs. Have a cup of coffee, sit back, and join us for today's chat. Hello, and welcome to another episode of All Things Policy with Takshashila Institution. My name is Sachin Kalbag, and I'm senior fellow at the Takshashila Institution. Today with me is Yusuf Unjawala. He's a senior scholar at the Takshashila Institution. Today we're going to talk about uh, Prime Minister Narendra Modi's visit, state visit to France last week, and we will see what the strategic importance of this visit is. In 1998, when India conducted a nuclear test during the prime ministership of Atal Bihari Vajpayee, the entire Western world had shunned India, and the U.S. in fact had threatened major sanctions because it felt India's actions would start a nuclear arms race in Asia in general and in South Asia in particular. Canada, Japan, Pakistan, and even the United Nations condemned India for reigniting the threat of nuclear war in the subcontinent. But one country stood apart from all of these, and that was France. It understood the strategic importance of India's nuclear tests, not only for South Asia, but for the rest of the world. In 2005, when India was lobbying hard for the civil nuclear agreement for the United States, a pact that could potentially open doors for India's, India's self-reliance for nuclear power, it was once again France that supported India. The then French President Jacques Chirac made strong pro-India statements to the U.S. during that crucial time. The strategic partnership that began in 1998 is now celebrating its 25th anniversary. India's relations with uh, France were further sealed in 2016 with the buying of 36 Rafale aircraft for the Indian Air Force, some of which participated in the July 14 Bastille Day celebrations last week. Now, close on the heels of Prime Minister Narendra Modi's successful and strategically significant state visit to the United States, a podcast on which uh, we spoke about with uh, both Yusuf and I spoke about a couple of weeks ago, came the state visit to France, where India signed many more agreements with the European nation. India formalized the UPI agreement with France, and now Indians, for example, can pay in rupees at the Eiffel Tower to begin with. The joint statement of the two countries highlights the three pillars on which the relationship will be based on for the next 25 years: a partnership for security and sovereignty, partnership for the planet, and partnership for the people. Uh, in the partnership for security and sovereignty, there were several subheads in the joint statement. They include defense, which is a continuation of cooperation on fighter jets and submarines following the timely delivery of the Rafale jets to the IAF. and the success of the P75 program which includes the six scorpion submarines in space the scientific and commercial partnership being enhanced through several agreements between CNES of France and India's ISRO civil nuclear energy which includes the progress in the six EPR power plant project in Jaitapur in Maharashtra Indo-Pacific uh, strategic uh, agreement I mean Indo-Pacific strategic region the adoption for roadmap for joint actions in the Indo-Pacific covering all aspects of a comprehensive strategy counterterrorism critical technology transfer civil aviation in the partnership for the planet subhead the several subheads include plastic pollution health the blue economy which includes the launch of a partnership on ocean research between the two countries financing 
the energy transition and decarbonized hydrogen. In Partnership for People, a very important point includes student mobility, which is a new target of welcoming 30,000 Indian students in France by 2030 by issuing five-year short-stay Schengen visas with, uh, for students with a master's degree who have studied at a university in France. There are other issues as well which are important, diplomatic and consular networks to be expanded, cultural relations to be expanded, research relations to be expanded, and sports and civil society as well. Yusuf, wow, that was a huge, huge and important strategic uh, joint statement between India and France. Uh, I want to go into detail into each of these with you, but overall, the two-day state visit of Prime Minister Narendra Modi to France, your five takeaways, maybe three to five takeaways from the visit. Thanks, Sachin. Good to be back with you following the last state visit of PM to the United States. I think the key takeaway is strengthening ties. India and France have shared historical ties. Ever since our independence, we have had strong defense ties uh, with France. We have flown their aircraft since 1950s. And, and like you mentioned, it has been a strong supporter of India. It was one that did not sanction India and supported India's nuclear weapons test and nuclearization of India. And at the moment, it is one of the key backers of India at the UN Security Council. If you remember when China took uh, the Article 370 case uh, to the United Nations, France did all the backing for India and made sure China did not succeed in what it intended to do. Um, that is along with the U.S., both France and the U.S. backed India. So they are our veto power at the moment. I mean, we can rely on France to make sure that there are no adverse decisions or any action in the UN, uh, the UN Security Council. So the strengthening of the ties follows, you know, there's this historical uh, relation that we have. In fact, if you remember the nuclear weapons that India has, you know, the Mirage aircraft that we bought from France in the 1980s are a key aspect uh, or a key cog in the Indian nuclear wheel. It is used to, or rather, it, it is is primed to use for nuclear weapons delivery. Rafale deal was obviously a big boost to the ties in 2016 or 2015 when Prime Minister Modi went over there and that deal was signed in 2016. We expect another deal for that to happen, although it has not been announced in the joint statement, but prior to the PM's visit to France, there was a Defence Acquisition Council clearance for the Rafale Marine version, which is for the Indian Navy to operate from an aircraft carrier, but 26 of those. And also further three add-on Scorpion submarines, which uh, India has been manufacturing at MDL. As the five have already been delivered and the sixth one is undergoing trial. So the production line was going to go quiet and it was very important for us to make sure we make more submarines. So an additional order for three has been announced. It was there in the joint statement, but uh, curiously it has disappeared today. It was there. Yes, I saw that, but it has disappeared today. Maybe it is because uh, there was no cabinet committee on security clearance uh, for it. And I think that they remembered what happened last time when when PAM announced the Rafale deal in 2016. One of the issues raised was there was no cabinet committee on security clearance. The CCS clearance was not there. Yes, so I, I think they've been a little careful. Yeah. yeah. So I think they've been a little careful and made sure that uh, they're clear on that part. But uh, there is a acceptance of necessity for both these, uh, both the fighter jet as well as the submarine. So we strengthen our ties. We want to further go ahead. And that's the reason why the joint statement is very aptly called, you know, the road ahead. We want to strengthen, we want to now move on to co-development, joint production. And that is one of the 
highlights of this agreement joint statement rather where we have an agreement now between safran which is the the jet engine maker in france and india where they will co-produce co-develop and co-produce the next generation of uh, jet engines which will power india's uh, fifth uh, generation uh, fighter which is the amca amca this will be a more powerful version of the f414 which will power the M- the mk1 version of the amca uh, for which the the deal with the us has just been announced gee it's going to set up a production in india the, the 414 engine so but india is now going ahead with france to start like you know from scratch from the drawing board and this will give india a huge experience in 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 you know working with france and get a good experience in manufacturing a jet engine with something that we have lacked we have our own program the kaveri engine but it's not headed in a satisfactory manner and that's the reason why we went with the american engine the ge engine so this is the roadmap that we have set and france being a a, a country which always exercises its own strategic autonomy and it takes decisions you know that suits it rather than you know tag along with other countries we can always rely on france to deliver on 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 our agreements and it has always been a a great defense partner for india in fact since our independence france has been the third largest supplier of weapons uh, for india after russia soviet union as a bloc and then as a one entity and then then uk and then france and since the 2000 since the year 2000 france is india's second largest supplier of weapons after russia so these are very strong ties and it, it has only deepened further uh, we made sure that france does not supply any weapons to pakistan i mean if you remember pakistan even today runs or operates the augusta class submarine which was supplied by france it also has mirage aircraft but uh, that was of the that was supplied in the last century you know 40 odd years ago but that does not happen anymore uh, france is a key partner in india in taking action against uh, terrorism terror financing and uh, that helps india so it's a very important partnership uh, and uh, it's it's great uh, that uh, the prime minister was invited on a very important occasion for france and it just shows the 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 importance of the relationship i'm glad that you brought up the two words that are so important for the india france relations is which is strategic autonomy france and india both strive for it in fact when the american lawmakers were talking about india's inclusion in the nato plus saying there was a lot of murmurs and you know discomfort in india and suddenly about uh, two a fortnight ago the lawmakers in the us dropped that idea of uh, talking india into the nato plus uh, umbrella uh, similarly france uh, like you pointed out you know has been wanting strategic autonomy it does not want to tag itself with any other nation including in europe and it wants to take its own decisions Uh, independent of what the strategic decisions of the other european nations are so in that sense there is clearly uh, a tie up you know at least strategically uh, between india and and france on those levels but given the importance of the visit soon after the american visit what kind of message do you think uh, this sends to china because india is now deepening its ties with two of the most important at least in terms of dem- democratic movements uh, us and france are so close to each other and clearly you know both of them for both of them democracy means so 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 much uh, india india's long term uh, allyship with both countries will it make any dent in china's or will not not a dent but will it change china's outlook for its strategic thing for the next uh, 20 25 years this is what india is trying to do i mean we are trying to develop or rather deepen our relations with the west so that we can kind of shape china's uh, policies towards india 
I will I just go back to your NATO plus thing. I don't think NATO plus was a bad thing in the sense that it's not that uh, India is joining NATO or in a NATO plus kind of a thing. NATO plus is basically a internal US designation. It's just like how India is a major uh, defense partner. Similarly, uh, the US has designations like major non-NATO ally, which say Pakistan is. And there are other allies of the US which are not in the NATO, but are very important allies, treaty allies like Australia, Japan, South Korea. These are New Zealand. These are the five NATO. There are five NATO plus countries. And it just only means that, you know, it just takes away more of the bureaucracy and makes easier makes it easier for arms transfer to these countries. So it is not as if India was joining the NATO. It's just an internal designation. Even Mr. Jayashankar spoke about it and uh, he was saying that, you know, you don't think on those lines. And this is if the U.S. wants to do something more for us, then we'll be glad to accept. So having said that, you talked about what message it goes to China. I mean, we've been trying to play this uh, out for a long time now. We, we try to work hard with China ever since Prime Minister Modi uh, came to office uh, back in 2014. I mean, if you remember all the Chula thing and all that went on, uh, you know, and it was him trying to come out to some kind of a, 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 modus, a modus vivendi. But it didn't happen. Uh, we had Doklam and then the the worst incident of all, the Galwan, uh, in which we lost 20 of our brave soldiers. And that has completely changed our ties. I mean, from all the statements that Prime Minister Modi has made in the US Congress, he said, you know, dark clouds are casting shadow over the Indo-Pacific, you know, uh, and obviously he's pointing to China and what China, China is doing over there. And then now, just before going uh, to France, he gave an interview and he talked about uh, how India wants peace. There is no doubt about it, but it's not assured. And this was in response question on China. So it's kind of, you know, gives away the internal uh, assessment in Delhi that, you know, India-China ties are, are, are irretrievable. I mean, we are, we, it's not something that we can salvage, at least not for a long time to come. So our all our now actions are now coming together uh, with, with like-minded countries where we share values, we share common interests and uh, common goals, and we come work with them and, uh, and kind of deter China from taking any adverse action. So uh, the visit to the U.S. followed by France is very important. Also, if you, uh, you know, I would like to bring in what's happening with NATO. I mean, they are now trying to you know, have some kind of a say in the Indo-Pacific region. They want to open an office in Japan, which is something which has been opposed by France, though. And it says that, you know, it's not a good idea. But these are conversations which are happening. Very soon, we might have some kind of presence of NATO in the Indo-Pacific. India will have to take that into calculation. We've had dialogues. We have had political dialogues with NATO. I mean, I think the last one was in 2019 or maybe 2020. Uh, so we are also engaging with NATO and U.S. and France, with whom we share very good bilateral ties, are obviously very important members of NATO, and that helps. Incidentally, we have logistics agreement with both these countries, where we have reciprocal basing uh, logistics sharing uh, agreement, not basing, but uh, you know, logistic uh, sharing agreements, and these are very important agreements uh, for both countries. You know, where India operates uh, far away from our our own coastlines, we are uh, you know we get fueled by U.S. warships, for instance. And similarly, it can be French Washington. France has a lot of islands across the region uh, which India can uh, utilize. So the lot of things which are coming into place, what is important for India is to not take any half measures. We have to go the whole hog, not only in secure dimension, but utilize all this for development of our country. 
this is the most crucial aspect of our foreign policy ultimately everything for everything that we do is linked to uh, you know our development we have set a target of 2047 the 100 year of our independence as to become a developed country and all these are very important you know visits where we go out pm goes and pitches for make in india attracting investments in india also you know getting a diaspora uh, uh, you know charged up to and, and come to india and invest so these are very important things for our, our development Mr. I was also asking that in the context of what is happening between uh, Australia, the UK and the US, the so-called AUKUS alliance. Of course, it's not a new strategic alliance, but the fact is that uh, uh, both the US and the UK are extremely interested in strengthening the Navy of, of Australia so that it can uh, act as a countermeasure, a counterweight in that region against uh, China. With India as an ally of both the US and the and, and the French, uh, and of course, our long-term relationship with the UK. Given that, I was asking whether, uh, I was wondering whether that could actually, you know, kind of trigger China into doing something, uh, you know, some kind of a misadventure that could uh, kind of upset the calculations that India has made strategically in the Indo-Pacific. I don't know if that would be a, a mistake on China's part as well. There is the most likelihood of a, of any conflict is going to be an accident. It's not something that might you know be, be pre-planned or things like that, because there are a lot of things that are happening. You know, China is being squeezed out uh, uh, of uh, of uh, you know access to technologies. I mean, just recently Germany came out with a China strategy. And uh, talks yes. about de-risking, calling it a systemic rival, which the Europe, uh, the European nations as a whole have called China as. And you know they want to be part of the Indo-Pacific framework, and they have a Indo-Pacific strategy. All these countries, all this is kind of you know going to slowly strangle China. It's going to you know the U.S. is working to deny access to advanced semiconductor manufacturing technologies, advanced uh, semiconductor designs. You know they're. Those things are happening. You know, China is out of uh, the 5G network of uh, almost all the Western countries, include, and also India has, you know, blocked them out. So, you know, once this, this, you know, this, uh, uh, these policies start to strangle China, I mean, China might just, you know, get forced to act in some manner, which is, which is, you know, kind of out of frustration. It may not be, you know, because it has all the capabilities to do so. But, you know, it could just trigger a, a wide conflict and even India may not be stay, uh, you know, be able to stay out of it. India itself might be one of the targets uh, that China chooses to attack. So these are very, very troubled times. The insecurity is only increasing day by day with all the policies and the counter policies, measures, countermeasures, all that is happening. And these are very, very uh, troubled times, I would say. I mean, we're kind of sitting on, you know, some kind of a, a ticking time bomb. We don't know how it's going to explode. Know what is going to trigger that? Uh, so, what India is trying to do is make sure that it's it is not harmed. So, all our partnerships that we are working with is just to make sure that you know it kind of forms a deterrent mechanism and and make sure that China doesn't cross the line. Yeah, that's kind of a segue into my next question, which I'll uh, ask after the short break. We will take a short break right now, and we'll come back soon on the other side.
Thank you for joining us in this podcast on the Prime Minister Narendra Modi's visit to France. My name is Sachin. I'm with Yusuf Unjawala, my colleague at the Takshashila Institution. Uh, before we went on break, we were talking about the strategic importance of India and friend, India's relationship with France and India's relationship with the US and how what is happening with the various countries in the Indo-Pacific, specifically their targeted policies there, uh, is strangling China. And in that context, I thought that the Partnership for Security and Sovereignty pillar that the joint statement spoke about, which specifically speaks about defense, space, critical technology transfer, all of these issues are so important, uh, Yusuf, for India's not only security, but also development. Because when we went to the US, and it was a state visit, remember, we still did not get any promises of full the technology transfer. And this is something that we've been talking about uh, for a long time when it comes to the US. But France, on the other hand, has said that there will be technology transfer. So technology has been the center point of India's foreign policy with the US. It is now the center point of India's uh, strategic relationship with France. So how do you view this really important pillar, defense, space, civil nuclear energy, Indo-Pacific, counterterrorism, critical technology transfer, and of course, civil aviation? All very important. I mean, you just talked about civil aviation. For a long time, I've been saying that India has to pitch for either Airbus or Boeing to have a, a production line in India and, and develop an aerospace uh, ecosystem in India. India is projected to buy about 2,000 to 2,500 uh, civil airline over the next decade. Uh, you'd have seen in recent times that we have given a lot of orders. Air India has given orders, uh, both Airbus and Boeing, about 250 each. Recently, 500 jets were ordered by Indigo placed to Airbus. And even before that, they have a, a good number of orders placed uh, to Airbus. Similarly, there are other airlines which have uh, orders. So, you know, collectively, as of today, we have about, what, about 1,300-odd aircraft on order. And that's a huge amount of money that will go out of India without any kind of, you know, setup over here, which helps our own industry develop a aerospace you know ecosystem we don't even have an mro which will have go a long way in developing a lot of capabilities in house over here in india so aerospace is a very important aspect I'm, i don't know why this was not raised i think i think it was a miss or maybe you know i don't know why this was not discussed during pm's visit to to both the us as well as as france you know the civil aviation is a very important aspect although it is done in the private sector i mean airbus and boeing are private industries our airlines are private airlines and their government has no control over them but still there would be there can be some kind of a pathway that can be created where you know there is incentive for uh, these for these two companies to come and set, set shop in india so talking about that then secondly uh, nuclear energy cooperation is a very important aspect that is what even triggered or rather transformed india us ties with france obviously we have a long standing relation then uh, france obviously as a leader in civil uh, nuclear technology, nearly 70% of its own electricity comes from nuclear power plants. In India, they are, or it's rather it is hung for a long time, the Jayatapur plant in, you know, which we have talked about in a joint statement, I think there'll be some kind of progress on it. But we are also working on next generation of uh, reactors. These are small modular reactors, you know, about 300 megawatts in, uh, in capacity. And they don't require to be manufactured on site, but they are manufactured in factories away from the site and then assembled where it has to be assembled. So kind of cuts cost and also they are cheaper. And because they are smaller, you can have these small plants all over the place, wherever there is what, what access to land, water and everything. And, you know, where you can have nuclear power plants. But cutting down costs of nuclear energy is really important because 
uh, right now it is very expensive to make nuclear reactors. So cutting costs is a very important factor when it comes to you know adopting renewable sources of energy and something that's not polluting. Nuclear power is obviously one of the one of the key elements in in India going towards a target of you know net zero by 2070. Yeah, because it kind of you know feeds into the second pillar that India and France have been talking about, and which is uh, climate change. So you know financing the energy transition, the announcement of the nearly 1,000 crore. Uh, from the French Development Agency to uh, you know India's flagship sustainable cities uh, program, I think it's called Cities uh, 2.0. This is in partnership with the European Union and the KFW of uh, Germany. The announcement of the nearly 250 crore in financing, you know, from uh, Proparco for the South Asia Growth Front, which is SAGF3, which would invest in companies in promoting energy efficiency. So France and India have clearly set out a roadmap for their you know, climate change targets. And India has a very, very ambitious climate change target. So which means that India will have to work doubly hard than it has been doing so far. But it also kind of, you know, contradicts with India's development plans, given our reliance on uh, old or, you know, uh, non-renewable sources of energy, primarily coal. So given this background in India, I thought that the partnership with France when it comes to civil nuclear energy and the, the finance of the energy transition from non-renewable energy sources such as coal to renewable energy sources is such an important pillar of the relationship between the two countries. Yes, it is. And if you remember, the International Solar Alliance was also formed in partnership with France. India spearheaded that and the announcement was made in Paris. So India is working towards, uh, you know, going towards cleaner energy sources, solar, because India is, is solar abundant. I mean, we have, I think, the highest solar days, I think, in, in the world. So it makes a lot of sense for us to have, you know, invest a lot in solar uh, panels. Uh, the costs are coming down. The, what, we, what is also needed is investment in research, in coming up with more efficient solar panels. I mean, the, recently there was a report where said that, uh, and this was Chinese study, which uh, or rather uh, development, which has pushed the efficiency up to about 34 percent or even more. This is something that India will have to invest in as well. Capital as well as uh, access to uh, advanced research or rather investing in advanced research as, as well or a co-development with France. This is, uh, is something that India can look at both in terms of the investment that can come from France and also uh, the knowledge. But it's a no-brainer. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, these two, both yeah. solar as well as nuclear, France, France can, uh, India and France can work a lot uh, together. Yes, in fact, you know, because... Much of the solar, you know, research is happening, you know, in Switzerland, in France, in terms of energy efficiency, in terms of efficiency of the panels. I was in Switzerland in 2014 and again this year in 2023. And, you know, what I, you know, what I found after speaking to the, you know, solar experts there is that the the efficiency of those panels is something that, uh, the researchers out there are focusing primarily on. So, for example, 20 years ago, when the efficiency of solar panels was less than 10%, it is somewhere hovering anywhere between 15 and 20% now, which is a significant jump from what it was you know, even 15 years ago. So if India can take advantage of French research, of Swiss research, then perhaps uh, India's cost in terms of energy transition will come significantly down. You know, decarbonizing hydrogen is something that uh, France and India have spoken about very important in the in the in the joint statement as well but i thought that even the other you know often missed you know point was the partnership in the blue economy essentially uh, ocean research 
this is something that our, our strategic analysts have not spoken much about or explored much, uh, but that is something where, which I thought would be an important point. But it also brings me to another pillar of the joint statement, which was issued last week, which is the people pillar. And the most important part of that people pillar is something that the Prime Minister Modi announced in his, uh, in, in his speech to the Indian diaspora in France, and which is that Indian students with a master's degree will be able to get a five-year short-stay Schengen visa, you know, whoever, anybody who studied in the University of France. So this means, and this this number is a huge number, 30,000 Indian students should be the target by 2030. So given that India, you know, has successfully, although not completely, kind of, you know, negotiated with the U.S. in terms of, you know, removing the backlog in terms of visa, visa issuance, in terms of uh, better immigration relations, uh, you know, with the, between the two countries, adding consular offices. The joint statement also speaks about adding, uh, you know, consular offices, both in France. I think there's, there's talk about Consul General of India in Marseille and a Bureau de France in Hyderabad, which means that the number of visas uh, from India uh, may also go up. So people-to-people relations, which was one of the biggest pillars of India-US relations, can actually help uh, India-France relations as well. Yes, I mean, this is what we've been focusing across the world. And it's also an important aspect of our trade negotiations with other countries, people-to-people ties and even movement of people. Because we just have this large population, we need to educate them, you know, tremendous universities which can uh, benefit our students and obviously benefit our, our, our enrich our economy once they, you know, if, if they choose to come back. And that is, in fact, should be our target to get all these kids who go out and study, come back and, you know, do whatever they want to do in India. That is obviously, that should be the long-term goal of, of any Indian government because there are a lot of people going out, a lot of talent going out and, and, this, and they enrich those countries which is good. I mean, they go go up to higher positions, you know, even in government. But in the long run, I think we should, you know, if these guys get educated over there and then come back to India, it'll be great for us. But yes, uh, people-to-people contact is very important. I mean, this is how, you know, you develop the shared understanding, you know, you like, you know, each other's uh, people. It just makes things so much easier. You know, understand the culture, the language, you know, the mannerisms, the ways, just makes things easier. In all your papers, Yusuf, in all your op-eds, in many of them, when you, when you speak about India's relations, strategic relations with other countries, there are two issues that you focus on pretty hard, and that is India's development and India's security. I think the French joints, Indo-French joint statement uh, speaks very, very comprehensively about security and sovereignty. What do you think were the things perhaps missed in the development part, the economics part? Uh, the reason I'm asking is that India is, you know, is is on well war paths, so to speak, on signing you know free trade agreements with a lot of countries, the UAE, uh, Australia. Uh, with uh, with the UK, of course, there are there are roadblocks. Uh, when I was in Switzerland this year, I was speaking to the trade minister there, and uh, she was on her way to India to speak to our commerce minister Piyush Goel to speak about you know, possible uh, free trade agreement between the between the Swiss and and Indians. So clearly, the economics part is something that uh, perhaps need, needs to be followed up more than what the joint statement says. Yes, but with France, it is, uh, you know, we cannot have a bilateral free trade agreement. France, France is part of the EU and India has been working with exactly. EU for quite some time yeah. to get this uh, free trade agreement going. I think there was 
some talk about it, you know, in that context. I think the the talks have restarted with the EU for a free trade agreement. And uh, we hope that is done soon. And that this will also help with all the people-to-people connect where, you know, our, our people are able to uh, trade easier with 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 the uh, with the europeans and you know that that will also kind of set up in motion closing of our ties with with, with the europeans and since these guys are also looking at, at the indo-pacific more closely and taking on or kind of de-risking from china india is is is, is positioning itself as uh, the key plus one that these uh, countries talk about as far as their diversification from of supply chains goes so although, yeah, but like you said, that aspect was missing and, and something which I stated a little while earlier was was India, you know, making the, the move on, on trying to get Airbus, say, for example, to come and, you know, uh, invest in the civil airline industry in India, production line. Uh, even, I mean, that's that should be one of our targets. I think the, the civil aviation minister in the past has said that time has come for, uh, for these companies, Airbus and going to set shop in India. But uh, it should have been taken up at at uh, at the highest level, and this was a good opportunity, and I think it was missed. These jets cost about a hundred million dollars, you know. And if you're ordering, say, about two thousand jets, you know, we're talking of huge number, two hundred billion going out. You know, engines are being uh, sourced from GE or you know Pratt and Whitney. These are opportunities that India has to you know create in India. We'll have to work. I mean, it's not easy because these are all private companies. And also, uh, it's our private airlines. It's not that the government has, has no control over them. But I'm sure the government can figure out a way, you know, it would, can work with the private airlines over here and then speak with our counterparts uh, in, in, in the US and France and, uh, and the UK and see how we can get something going in India. Because that is crucial, both not only just for, uh, you know, the air, not only will it create an aerospace ecosystem, it will create a whole kind of skill sets over here to create a lot of jobs over here. And it's going to help even those countries because they'll be able to cut down their costs as well because it'll be ma- easier to exactly. uh, rather cheaper to ma- manufacture India. Even even with the US, uh, Yusuf, you know, if you remember the the prime president and the prime minister said that you know now our job as government people is over. Now it's up to the private sector to take the whole thing forward. But catalyst in the in the process was one of the two governments, the US and uh, the US administration and Indian government. Clearly, that was missing here, perhaps because the civil aviation part of the pillar of the security and sovereignty pillar talks only of you know supporting the expansion of the routes between France and India but not specifically you know setting up of any uh, Airbus factory you know out here or any anything on you know on those lines there is some signing of technical and safety agreements but it's restricted to just that uh, so clearly perhaps that's a that's a chance and opportunity missed but I want to circle back to something that you uh, spoke about right at the beginning, uh, which is the the defense relations between India and France. Now, given that France is India's second largest uh, arms supplier, which means that by 2047, which is a 24, 25 year roadmap, what kind of developments do you think India and France uh, should look at uh, to deepen those ties going beyond uh, Rafale uh, and the Air Force, but you know, we also spoke about Rafale, uh, the Marine Rafales, which is which are needed for the uh, aircraft carriers. We talked about uh, you know Scorpion class submarines, you know where where which are being made at the Moscow docks. That needs to be that needs to be expanded uh, specifically in a targeted way. So, do you think that there are the the roadmap is kind of you know specific and targeted in both these cases? Yes, it kind of 
open ended right you know when it talks about uh, submarines it says it says india and france are ready to explore more ambitious projects to develop indian submarine fleet and its performance now it can be many things india is not only looking to add say another three more scorpion submarines but the p75i project which is a follow well, was supposed to be a, a parallel project at one time but now it's more or less a follow on project of p75 so france had dropped out of it maybe it can come back p76 which is the, our indigenous submarine program i'm sure the, we will be going to the french in some and ask them to be associated in some capacity maybe as a consultant and importantly and this is where i think you know france can play a big role and and you know india can benefit from is is naval nuclear propulsion the french have developed this you know these reactors which work on low enriched uranium and uh, and they have been able to miniaturize, uh, miniaturize it and not only that even the refueling is a very very easy process rather than you know cut, cutting open the hull and then welding it back after refueling which something will be required on indian nuclear submarines which are based on the russian design so naval nuclear reactors is something that we we can pursue with france i'm sure they would be open to cooperation this will help not only our ballistic missile submarines in, in which later on the larger ones but also our attacks nuclear attack submarines and more importantly even our aircraft carrier future aircraft carrier remember if and when the next aircraft carrier is given a go ahead it will not carry a nuclear reactor because uh, you know there was a conflict between uh, you know bark which said uh, the navy should fund the program and things like that and this and first of all we don't have a reactor which will be capable to power a large carrier and we were looking at a 65000 ton carrier we don't have a, a, a large enough reactor to power our next generation of ballistic missiles or submarines which will require say a 190 megawatt reactor so collaborating with france on this will be will will benefit india a lot this is one part that i see uh, secondly that we are going to, that we have decided already to do is not only create a, a co-produce at the next generation of jet engines for future fighters there is also an agreement where france is going to transfer technology for the existing shakti engines which are powering the truf and the light combat helicopters that is going to happen and then we're going to work on another engine with safran to power the next helicopter that india is working on which is the multi role helicopter which will replace the mi 17s that are there in indian air force right now so these are the things which have in, in, and these these are the short terms one the nuclear reactor thing can be a little on a, in a medium term but these are the immediate things that can happen the helicopter engines and then obviously the aircraft engine for the longer term yeah just to add to that you know the the current technology that the us and uk use is uh, reactors based on highly enriched uranium isn't it yes they use weapons grade and- basically you know at about over 90% what the french use is about uh, 7.8% and uh, and what happens is that you know india can in india will not need to enrich uranium to a high degree it's costly uh, as well as we need uranium for our strategic program so it just frees up that that space for us and the thing is the french technology is advanced in the next generation of their barracuda nuclear attack submarines in the works we can you know greatly benefit if if there is any kind of cooperation in that space All right with that uh, we've come to the end of our uh, time Yusuf thank you very much for participating in this podcast our uh, 45 minutes are up but uh, what an enriching conversation this was uh, thank you for 
simplifying everything that has happened uh, with Prime Minister Modi's visit, not only for this time, but also, you know, what's expected to happen in the Indo-French uh, relationship for the next 20 to 25 years. I hope uh, everybody enjoyed this conversation and we'll see you next time. Yusuf, thank you once again. Thanks, Sachin. Thanks so much. Always a pleasure. If you liked our show, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can tune into them on the IVM Podcast app, ivmpodcast.com, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow IVM on social media. The handle is at IVM Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And hey, if you'd like to dive into Takshashila's research on technology, strategy, and economic affairs, check us out at our Twitter handle at takshashilainst or our website takshashila.org.in.